Welcome back, y'all. Today is a session all about me. So I'm here with KBI, Justin and Jess, and I'm answering your questions that you sent to me on Instagram. I'm so excited to jump in. Ooh, I got one right here from a random user. It's very specific, but <laughs> would you rather explore the depths of space in the most futuristic spacecraft equipped with everything you need and your return to Earth questionable? Or have a million dollars cash to die a mundane life here on Earth. <laughs> you guys know what I'm gonna say. I'm obviously going to space. <laughs> I want to explore space so bad, though. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. it a questionable return, though? It's questionable. She might not. Return. Yeah, I mean, I would rather have a questionable return or have a million dollars and be miserable. So you're saying being here is miserable? A little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding. <laughs> Next to you. <laughs> No, I think it speaks volumes to like maybe values too. Cause like money to me is just, I don't know. I just feel like with money, if it gets you access to things and people that you love, that's one thing. Mm -hmm. But then I think if I'm in space alone, that sounds terrifying. You know, <laughs> you start floating. Yeah. yeah. Justin will go with you. Oh, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to take the mill then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a plot twist. Shirts, welcome to group therapy. And mine said the wit, and I didn't know what it meant. So now I just learned. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh this is gonna be a great episode. Okay. What made you want to become a therapist? Oh, good one. We got a serious one. Um, so I was an EMT on an ambulance for a while. You guys probably know the story already. Um, and I was doing, you know, the crisis calls. The, that's the one thing that I really loved on the ambulance was the crisis calls. People who were really struggling with mental health. And I was noticing that every time I would go on the calls, my captain and my crew would say like, Kristen, just go, just go, just go. Cause I was just, I had a knack for it and I really enjoyed it. And then after a while I was like dropping people off at the hospital and I was like, I don't know where they go. Like what happens to these people? Are they okay? Like I, I was just wondering a lot, you know? Um, and just as a human, I just love listening to people's stories and just what makes them feel alive and like what they love. I just love listening to people. So then I was like, okay, let me go into psychology. Um, so I just stayed in school for a while. I was in school. Um, I got a bachelor's degree when I was still living in Jersey, got a master's degree, but I didn't really know what I really wanted to do. I was going to become a BCBA working with kids. Um, and I just wasn't good at it. So I didn't end up doing it. Um, so I ended up becoming, um, I ended up doing counseling under an LPC and I was like, Oh, I really like this. I really, really, really like this. And school was the one stable thing I had in my life for mm -hmm. a long time. So I was like, let me stick with this. This is a stability factor for me. So I honestly just stayed in and I was like, it's the longest degree I could get. <laughs> and I found sure. not in line. Like literally I was like, what's going to keep me here? Um, and then I got into a doctorate program. Um, so me and my partner, we moved from, where were we? Jersey to Phoenix. And I was just working, just working, mm -hmm. working, working. And then I just applied to one program, got in. And it was like over after that. Mm -hmm. I fell in love with it. So that's kind of where it started, where it ended. Now I'm in private practice. So. And I love therapy. I do therapy and assessments, but I really love therapy. So. Oh, it's something. Yeah. Is it true that you are a badminton champion? Oh, God. <laughs> That's my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Elena, thank you. Is it? Yeah. One of them. One of my best friends. 
Championships that you won. That in volleyball. Um, but yeah, the badminton thing, I didn't like. I got a little plaque and everything, and I was like hiding it because I was so embarrassed about it. But my mom was like, "She's a badminton champion," and I was like, "She put it on the wall." <laughs> it was like everywhere. Yeah, it was. I think it was sophomore or junior year of high school. Um, but yeah, my friend Elena likes to make fun of me because when she visited me, there's a Nelson, I think it's the Nelson Atkins Museum in Kansas City. There's a big badminton thing there, and she's like, It's a photo yeah. there? <laughs> it's like a photo, yeah. The no, I meant it's your photo in it. No, mm. no. So you're not that much of a child. I'm not actually not that cool. Yeah. I've heard you play cool. badminton. Yeah. yeah. Or volleyball. Yeah. Or volleyball. I'm volleyball like, kind of makes more sense. Like, I mean, you don't strike me as a. Badminton. I, we had to pick something in high school, so I just like picked it because it was easy. So you picked badminton? Yeah. There wasn't a lot of people doing it, so I was like, screw it, let me try it. Cool. Yeah. And then you became a champion. I think I became the champion because not many people were doing it, to be honest with you. But yeah. But Donna was proud of you. Donna Bear, yes. <laughs> yeah. You've talked about your very large student loan debt. Oh. Looking back, would you have done your doctorate again or stopped at a master's? Oh, that's a loaded one. Because I think if I would have stopped, I don't know where I would be. Because mm. it, it helped me. It Honestly, I think it was part of like a survival thing for me. It really, really helped me kind of like figure out my place in the world and figure out like what I wanted to do. The master's was honestly like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I would have been happy if I stopped. Mm. But I do have a lot of student loan debt, a ton. Um, oh my God, I keep thinking about the loan payment I got to make next month. Anyways, so I definitely wouldn't have stopped. No, I think I would have gotten the whole doctorate still. Yeah, I'll just die with my dad, right? That, that. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's you how that works. Yeah. Sure when I, when I go to space, when I go to space, the debt doesn't come with me. So yeah, we'll leave it with Justin. Yeah. Right. Or if Justin was the only one to go to space, could you take the one mil to pay off your student loan debt? That's going to be the plan. That's right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin. That's right. I'll take care of it for you. So, okay. Uh, what self-care works best for you? Oh, wow. My partner might disagree with this, but <laughs> being alone a little bit, being introspective, um, crying actually helps me a lot, honestly. Uh, listening to sad songs and crying crying seriously get the emotions out and then like being outside in nature walking mm -hmm. and then being with my friends i think i have like this process it's like i need to be alone to kind of like think about things and like really kind of like i don't know get my emotions right and then once i feel good then i feel like i can engage in self-care and actually mm -hmm. be in the moment with mm -hmm. it so but in terms of when i am in the moment meditation reading spending time with my people i have two big german shepherds i love them to death i bring them to the park all the time um they bark at everybody everybody yells at me it's a whole thing it's fun we call it it's a fun game who are they gonna bark at today <laughs> like and who are they gonna piss off today it's fun um <laughs> literally um and then in kansas city I, i've only been living there three years so we like to train to restaurants mm -hmm. and stuff like that so that's been fun yeah i'm doing the podcast with you guys as self-care too oh yeah one like KPIs. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. at mm -hmm. least two of the three that have two. recorded these yeah. episodes said the podcast. So. <laughs> You're not going to convince her. Explicit. Yes. <laughs> so you just mentioned your dogs, and you actually got a question about your dogs. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. If your dogs were human, how do you think their voices would sound Shut and up. why? No. <laughs> really? Man. 
I gotta think about this. Sorry. No, take your time. A little bit of pressure on this one. Yeah. Okay. So I have two dogs, Coda and Riley. Gender neutral names. Every animal in my house has a gender neutral name. Uh, besides Steve, we just didn't know what to name him. Um, Steve could be gender neutral. Really? If you like Stevie, Stevie Nicks. Stevie. Yeah, Steve. Stevie. Yeah. yeah. Who the hell in your house is named Steve? A cat. <laughs> I knew that was a cat. It had to be a cat. Cat. I'm like, yeah, that's a cat. I'm like, we got him. We're like, what do we name him? Whatever. Steve. My other cat's Charlie. Um, so Riley, she's like a lover. She's like super cute. She'd probably be like, hey, hey. How you guys doing? I feel that vibe. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah, got an like, energy. Yeah. Hey, girl. Like, whatever. And then Coda was like, <laughs> can't wait to go. <laughs> when Dave watches this, he's going to lose his shit because it's so true. He'd be like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> what are you doing in my house, bitch? He's like so, so alpha. He's so alpha. He's like, get the fuck out of my house. He's like barking like, <laughs> So is is that who is always barking in our episodes? Yep. Okay. Yep. 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 <laughs> Riley's the howler. She'll like howl at stuff, and she's like, it's like super cute and soft. And then when Coda opens his mouth, we're like, dude, shut up! Like, come on, <laughs> shut up. Yeah, that was really good. Thanks. I was not expecting that question. <laughs> what diagnosis or presenting client problem do you enjoy working with the most? And oh, the most. There could only be one. Dang. All right, let me think. It's not what you guys think. I know. I was going to say. I I love working with people with insomnia. I really Mm -hmm. do. But that's not my favorite. My favorite is people who are like in life transitions Mm -hmm. and they're trying to figure out where they want to be in the world, what they want to do. They're struggling with their sense of identity. You know, what do I do with my life? Um, or it could be gender and sexuality stuff. I, I love working with clients who are like exploring, like mm-hmm. in that exploration phase. I don't know if I'm bisexual or I don't know if I'm poly. I don't know if I'm, you know, non-binary. I love working with people on their uh, gender and sexuality exploration because it, it could lead us in so many directions, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and even when you are exploring your gender or sexuality, it's, there's also a lot of things underneath. It could be trauma. There could be a lot of like, you know, um, negative belief systems that you might have about yourself. And I always find that to be very, very rewarding with clients because it's it's hard to talk about those things. So if a client does come to you and talk about that with you, it almost feels like not special. That's the wrong word, but it, it feels so vulnerable. And I feel like yeah. that work is so rewarding for mm-hmm. me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Do you believe in ghosts? Oh, fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> of course I did. you guys believe in ghosts though? So this is in our episode. I know. I want to know though. This isn't about us. Yeah. This is all about you. This is all about you. Come on, guys. I know you believe in ghosts, you crazy fuck. Anyway. (laughs) uh, (laughs) I do. I cannot be serious. It's why I don't go in haunted places. Yeah. Because I'm not about to piss off a poltergeist. Do you like cemeteries? No. I don't like cemeteries not for the ghosts. I don't like cemeteries because I... I'll walk through them. Like, we have, like, a a cemetery that has, like, lots of walking paths. Yeah. But, like... I struggle, like, when I see people, like, walking over. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. in my mind, it's disrespectful. Yeah. yeah. No, I believe in ghosts. I, I think I kind of believe in, like, spirits, too. Like, mm. you know, the people, yeah. you too. I, I'm yeah. more like, a, sorry, no, this no. is your episode. I'm like, seeing you guys. I know. That's where my, I think yeah. I believe more in spirits and, like, I guess in my mind, and this is me being so literal, like, the concept of ghosts and, like, how they're portrayed, like, Casper, like, that's not how I, like... Mm. <laughs> but like you know like sh- like shadowy figures or little mm. like like spirits yeah. and like a presence that's 
not like this friendly smiley. Yeah. <laughs> Ghost that looks like a sheep. No, you're right. I, a sheep. A sheet. Like, I was like, wait, what coast is a sheep? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, because I was thinking white sheep. sheep yeah. White. Okay. Um, maybe HD. Okay. Come back around. So yeah, I do, I do believe in like the afterlife mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I do believe that like people who have passed on, like visit you and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, at least that's what I like to believe, but I, it's weird because sometimes I'll have like a feeling Mm-hmm. You guys get this, like, I'll have a feeling, yeah. and yeah. then, like, I'll feel like somebody's with me, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, somebody's in the room with me. I, I sound weird when I say yeah. that, but, yeah. yeah, so it's interesting, too, because in terms of ghosts, so I've had a lot of people pass away the past two years, and my grandmother loves butterflies. She used to love butterflies. Mm. This bitch loved butterflies. Oh, my God. So every time I see a butterfly, I'm like, ooh, and then I'll think of her, and then I'm like, mm-hmm. I wonder if she's here with me. So I kind of, like, connect it, yeah. you know? yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of ghosts, maybe it's more like a spiritual thing mm-hmm. more than anything else. Yeah. Advice for someone who wants to switch careers to become a counselor like you did. So I'm assuming cause you were an EMT yeah. and then switched and went to psychology. Yeah. There's less money in it. So that's one thing to consider. Um, well being an EMT, there's yeah. not much money in that either, but I think it's, it's important to kind of know when you're a therapist, I think the thing that most people don't really get before they get into the field. I don't know if you guys will agree or not. Like you listen way more than you talk. Mm-hmm. And when people say like, Oh, you just talk to people all day. It's kind of like the opposite. Like you're yeah. honestly listening a lot yeah. more than you're talking. So thinking about like where you find yourself the most comfortable, is it in a place of, you know, providing information and all that stuff? Cause then I think if you're a psychologist, that could be helpful too. If you're mm-hmm. going to do like psychoeducation or you're going to do assessments and stuff. As a therapist, um, that's the one thing that I wish I considered before. I don't really like talking about, I don't like talking about myself this way. This episode's so bad for me and mentally. I'm like, what are y'all like? <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's one thing. And then figuring out like maybe where your values are too. Like, where do you find the most fulfillment, mm-hmm. you know, in your life and stuff like that? Cause I, I find a lot of fulfillment in like hearing people's stories mm-hmm. and like knowing what they love and knowing what makes them tick. And really kind of understanding them on like a soul level. For me, therapy is very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not spiritual with my clients unless they like tell me that they want to incorporate that. But when I'm in the room with someone, there's something about like just you and that other person. You're in the room. You're never going to get that moment ever again. It's going to, it's like kind of like existential in a way. You can't recreate a moment, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't recreate a story in the same way that you'll hear it. So I always think like, for me personally, when I think about becoming a therapist, I always think about what is it going to feel like for you? Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, kind of think about those things too. Maybe watch like some therapist doing therapy too, to make sure it's for you. But when I did make the switch, I'm so happy I did because I think the medical field for me was like, I miss the adrenaline rush. I miss like going to scene. I miss like being mm-hmm. not a hero per, per se, cause we're not, but like really helping people in like the most critical condition and it makes you feel like you have a sense of purpose, but you feel so empty. And for me, like I felt so empty leaving that. And I felt like I would just wonder so much about people and it drove me nuts. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to know what happened to them. And you can't know, like you just, you just can't. So, um, so yeah, all to say, if you're making that switch, I made the switch really early though. When I was an EMT, I started to be, I think I was 18. And then I was an EMT for five years and I was an EMT while I was going to get my degree. So I was able to kind of like look at both, mm-hmm. you know, and try to figure that out. So I had the privilege of doing that. So that was helpful for me. Yeah. I often think that teachers, especially 
are like for talking. Teachers 100%. and coaches yep. are like for talking and therapists are for listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some therapists who might talk more than they listen, but I don't, I don't think that's the norm. Yeah. I agree with that completely. How many tattoos do you have? And which one is your favorite slash which one hurt the most? Ooh. I was going to ask about ghosts, so you beat me to that one. <laughs> Gosh, so I have tattoos for everybody in my family. And sorry, y'all, none of those are my favorite. Um, they're sentimental, but they're not, like, honestly, like, I like them. But I think my favorite one. Oh my God, this is hard. My favorite one is probably the butterfly on my right here. I don't know. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. see it. Um, so technically it's for my grandmother, but it's weird because I got it right before I got sick. And I always think about like, that was like the transitional moment for me, you know, um, before I got sick and I had a medical incident, um, happen earlier this year, but, uh, it, it feels like really transformative for me when I think about that mm-hmm. tattoo because butterflies are like transformative. You're a caterpillar and then you turn into a butterfly and that whole thing. So that's the one that's the most meaningful for me personally because of that. And then because life is always changing, it just has a lot of symbolism. I have a lot of tattoos that are just nice to look at, but mm-hmm. like that's the one that's the most meaningful. The one that hurt the most was probably my sternum, which I'm not going to show you. Um, I, I felt like it hurt so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys ever, any of you have sternum tattoos, but it, that pain was so. So you lied to us the other day, Justin. <gasps> you have a stern tattoo. No, but he uh, the other day he did say he got one when he got paying attention. I was, but I thought you were just fucking with us. No, yeah, yeah he, he was, and now he just admitted he was, even though the other day you're gone. Don't make it about me. <laughs> Some deflection. Do you even know how many you have? No, I have a full sleeve, and then I have like a half leg sleeve ish going on, and then I have I fifteen maybe. Mm-hmm. If, I feel like a sleeve is one. I know. Yeah, that was like yeah, the saddest yeah. part when I started one. doing that. I yeah. was like, it sat for so many hours. It's one. And it was just <laughs> one. Yeah. I can totally relate. Yeah. yeah Jess is blank. <laughs> Jess is a blank slate. I'm not blank. Look. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. sleeves and you all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Jess has one. Jess has one. I'm a badass. Here's my Roman numeral. <laughs> you know what I always, you know what cracks me up is people who ha- are fully tatted and they have a baby and the baby comes out blank. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like, that's so cool. <laughs> no tattoos. <laughs> like, it's like they came out with like mini. Can you imagine? Like a mini little line. Okay, this is what I think about all the time. When two people have a baby and they have tattoos, and if the baby came out with like a combination, oh, of the tattoos, like, yeah, yeah, like that'd be cool. In my alternative universe, yeah, oh, I think about that oh, way too often. <laughs> I've literally never thought about that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely, when I see photos of like two parents who are like heavily tatted yeah. and are naked baby, and I'm like, yeah, right, that's yeah. how it's supposed to be. But like, but like what if it could be different? No. <laughs> like, I did have a conversation with somebody, I think this was back in college, about, like, wouldn't it be interesting if, like, tattoos appeared throughout, like, your life, like, on your body, and then you, like, had to figure out, like... What does it mean? Yeah, what does it mean? Oh, my God. Like, Maui in the water, when he has, like, significant life events, and they Mm -hmm. just appear. Mm -hmm. Anyways. If you do not like people tracking their Remy's... (laughs) Oh, gosh. How do you... How should we track our sleep? (laughs) Oh... Because apparently Remy's don't. That's not what she's ever she, said. She focuses just on the REM cycle and no other no other part of the sleep bar. It's the only one that's important to me. <laughs> it's the most active stage of sleep. It's not the most important, but it's very important as a combination of all the stages. But <clears throat> so when I think of tracking sleep, I think about you know 
the aura ring or like the, you know, any tracking device that you might have, you know, Apple watch or something like that. Those are really helpful for gaining a sense of, you know, what, what does my sleep look like overall? But when I think about really what's the most effective, it's a combination of things. So it's potentially using that, um, because when it comes to the most accurate data, at least from the research, we notice that it's movement, temperature, heart rate, oxygen levels. Like there's just so many things. So if you go through a polysomnography, like a sleep study, you'll see all of those factors, you know, but I think it's really helpful to have those tracking devices just as like an overall, but I prefer a sleep diary and my clients hate me when I make them do it, mm. but it's so helpful. So it's an Excel sheet because I'm old school and it does the math for you. You don't have to do the math, but it's in military time, which everybody hates. Um, Cause I just don't know how to change it to be honest. And so you track like your, earliest or your last awakening, how many times you woke up, how many minutes you were awake for during those awakenings, you know, all these other things, all these factors. Did you nap? Did you drink caffeine? How much did you drink? Um, <laughs> and how much water did you consume? Did you all exercise? Water. Yeah. All this is like really just pointed. Slice KBI. It's like all this energy right here. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so I do think it's like really important, but the key is that like, even if you have these sleep tracking devices, doing it with that sleep diary and doing the sleep diary right in the morning when you wake up, because think about, think about how well you slept last week, last Tuesday, you probably can't remember, um, unless there was a big event or something like that. So doing it right when you wake up, kind of putting it down there. Um, and then you could track, track it differently. Like, oh, why did I wake up so much? Or why did I go to sleep later or something like that? And then you could take that data there, but that's my favorite way. And my clients were like, are you really going to make me do this? I'm like, yes, and let's do it. Let's do an experiment. Just, just fuck around and find out a little bit. Like, yeah, just, it's, a like week, it's a week or two. Love it. What is your actual favorite candy? Since there's no way it's actually really candy corn. <laughs> it is candy corn. No, no it's, it's not. not. I, don't know. I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite candy. Hmm. Pink Starburst mm. is at the top. They are, they are delicious. Aren't they so mm. good? And then when you could get all the pinks in the one pack mm. is like, I feel like that's just a light pack. That's really crazy. And then um, I like Reese's Cups. Mm-hmm. And I like, yeah, I, I like snacks more than candy, I guess. Mm. But those would be the top two. And then, I don't know if y'all have ever tried this. The, um, gosh, they're like cookies and cream Hershey bars, but they're not. Yeah. What are those? I love those. I don't know the name of them. I, but they're I mean, there's like yeah. the chip in yeah, them. Yeah, no, they're cookies and cream Hershey that's what, like, oh, that's I'm pretty sure that's what they call yeah. Oh, okay. Called. That would be probably top, actually, if I could really think. Yeah. Noted. They're yeah. so good. Noted. They're so yeah. good. We were uh, putting out Halloween, Halloween candy for the kids, and we like, we had some of those, and I took all of them. <laughs> I feel so bad about it. I feel so yeah, bad. about it. What? You bought the candy. Yeah, but, you know. They'll be all right. Fuck yeah. the kids. We had a lot of Halloween decorations that scared the shit out of them, though. I felt really bad. We had this, like, ghost that came up and was like, woo! And the kids were, like, getting the candy because it had a bowl. And when you walked near it, it would, like, shake. Oh, yeah. It's oh. the best. That startle them. You got to earn it somehow. Exactly. You, you just can't. It just can't be out well, there. That was a little trauma. Coming oh. from you. <laughs> really? Um, this is a two-parter. Okay. You know, answer how you wish. What's your biggest regret and what's your biggest joy? <laughs> you know, you know, answer answer like how you wish. Justin's answer like, how you me. wish. Hmm. My biggest regret and my biggest joy. Wow. 
when you were answering your questions, you're like, these are hard on the spot. Mm -hmm. I guess like if I think about a regret, I wish that I, I don't know. I I guess like part of me says I wish, and then I I kind of backpedal a little, but like, I'll just explore it out loud. I wish that I was more open with my family about my sexuality earlier, Mm -hmm. you know, like, because then I feel like I would have, I think they would be supportive. I know my brother would, mm-hmm. but like, and I'm pretty sure my mom would be supportive. But then I think about the time that I realized that I was bisexual. It was literally during pu- puberty, like a little bit afterwards. And then during that time, we moved from New York to New Jersey. 9-11 happened. Like, it was just like my parents got divorced. It was like so much stuff happened mm-hmm. that I felt like I didn't have the space to like explore that. But I guess in a perfect world, could I have done it earlier? Sure. Um, I guess to counter that, I wish that I was more open with my friends about it when I was younger, because I think that I would have had a lot more support in that because I kept it a secret for literally like, oh my gosh, like my whole, pretty much almost my whole life, really, if I really think about it. Um, I've been really, really more open, at least publicly within the past three years. And a lot of my close friends have known for like maybe five, you know, mm-hmm. six. And I've had relationships with women and all that stuff way even before um, but you know, I just felt like I had a secret life. So that's one thing I regret for myself. My biggest joy in life. Oh my gosh. is like connecting with friends and people don't make me cry. Um, you said it, you not- said it. but no, my biggest joy in life is like meeting new people and like creating a community. I guess it is kind of just into the first point of like, now I have a lot more queer friends too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's actually bringing me so much joy to feel at home in that space with other people. And I feel like I don't, even with you guys, like, I feel like I don't have to like mask that part of myself. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like you guys are really open and accepting and loving, you know, in that way. So it's, that's my biggest joy too. Yeah. Thank you for all your pieces. (gasps) Thanks you too. Like besides the Remy thing, but. (laughs) Not that piece. (laughs) And the not drinking water. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you really don't like (laughs) that? Wow. Our love is conditional. We're going to switch gears. Okay. How many raccoons is too many raccoons? Like, if you were to walk out on your back porch, okay. how so many would be too many? What's the season? Like, where are we? It's just a nice night out. How many raccoons are too many raccoons? And why? These are so cute, dude. Like, <laughs> but, like, so when you go out cute. and you see, like, two, like, oh. But, like, how many is, you're like, mmm. I think, I, I honestly think, like, four is a crowd at that point. Like, I, like, I think, like two or three, like I, I could mess with, but then once it's four, I feel like I'm like overpowered by, you know what I mean? There's too much going on. And I think that in that moment, I would start to freak out a little, like I can't battle these raccoons. Like, you asked that on, you were I the did one ask that. <laughs> and I needed to know. So context, she asked me how many raccoons I could fit in my car. Like how many, yeah. How many? Like a year ago. And I'm like, why did she ask me this? I'm really reflecting now. I don't know like, how many raccoons is too many raccoons. I don't know either. I don't frequently see raccoons where I live, though, so yeah. I feel like two for me, I would be like... I'd probably say, like, eight or nine. I'd be like, you are bold. Yeah, no. Yeah, I feel that's, that's like too many. As soon as that hit my mind, that's too many. I'm like, that's many. too many raccoons. But then I'm thinking of, like, the setting. Like, yeah. are they in a... Are, are they in a dumpster? Are they in a dumpster? Mm-hmm. Is it daylight? Do they have rabies? Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, mm-hmm. are they in your house versus outside? Like, but one raccoon in your house might be too many. But I have seen these videos of people who take in raccoons, and they're very friendly, and they're cute. I don't know. I think four would be a lot for me, though. Eight, you're nuts. 
Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't play with them. I'd just be like, open my door. I'm like, oh shit, that's a cheese. No, see, I can't see an animal and not like want to like engage. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like if I saw a baby pair in the woods, I'd probably be like, come here. But I wouldn't like, like it would be like a big ass grizzly bear. Oh, <gasps> nice. Yeah. We have time for one more question. Okay. Um, and and I feel like I need to apologize, sorry, because you just said like, don't make me cry. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure you're asked this all the time. But how are you really doing mm-hmm. at the moment? Yeah, I'm doing way better than I than I was. I got all my cries out earlier, guys. Don't worry. Um, so I think earlier this year, because I dealt with a lot of medical stuff earlier this year, and I went through a really like I'm not gonna lie, like I was really struggling, mm-hmm. like really struggling. I still struggle, but I'm doing way better than I was. And I want to say too that like I feel like now in my life, now that that happened, I feel like I could really truly like lean into life in a different way mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm looking at it from a different vantage point. So I think when I have really bad days, it's like I'm able to kind of like get through it a little quicker for some reason. You know, I, I don't really know what that's about, but I feel like my resilience is a little different now than it was. And for that, I think I'm doing way better, which is great. It's a good place to be. Awesome. And we're happy that you're doing a lot better. Thanks, guys. Thanks. And thanks for all your support, too. So thanks for joining. Ask, I was going to say, ask me more, ask us questions on the pod, but it doesn't really matter. Send us a send who wants to know more about me. I don't know who would want to. And if you like raccoons, let me know. <laughs> See you next week in group therapy. Bye. Justin didn't do peace. Oh, my God. I don't, I don't think I can piece your video. Well, you have-